Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode, and you're in for a real treat today because I have with me Dan Kinsella. Dan is the Extended Enterprise Risk Management Leader at Deloitte Risk and Financial Advisory. And we're here to talk about a very interesting report that Deloitte has recently issued, which is an insight report on extended risk management. So, Dan, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, first of all, welcome and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Yeah, pleasure. And thank you for making the time. I look forward to the discussion. So, Dan, I was really intrigued by the term extended enterprise. And that, to me, encapsulated a multitude of risks. But I wanted to start with maybe asking you to explain what is an organization's extended enterprise? Sure. Extended enterprise is a term that we've been using for about 18 months now. And and it really is something to inspire thought and provocative perception of what really constitutes your organization's ecosystem. And how should I think about my organization? We are a network within a network, both personally and professionally, and our businesses are all interconnected. We are leveraging more third parties than we ever have. Those third parties are closer to our core and our mission critical strategies than they've ever been. And the opportunity and the risks are greater than they've ever been because of the onset, for example, of risk caused or perpetrated through the actual social media enterprise. And so when we think about our organization and how we should connect to our environment, we have to think broadly. We can think within our four walls, but we should think beyond our four walls. And the extended enterprise really is everything that we are connected to in our environment. So if I could maybe have a cross-cultural reference that this really seems to me to be not a two-dimensional way of thinking, but actually a three-dimensional way of thinking, X, Y, and Z axis that really provides the business leader, a board of directors, a compliance officer, a way to think through relationships to then begin to understand how to assess those risks and then perhaps manage them as well. Yeah, absolutely. So you hit on a couple of highlights there that our insights piece really focused on is one is who is responsible for the extended enterprise? And quite frankly, in most organizations, everyone has some responsibility. We've got each executive that has a number or a myriad of third parties that they rely upon. And each of those relationships can be substantial to the achievement of that particular group's goals and objectives. And so when we think about that and understand, again, that our experience and our research shows that we're using third parties 15% year over year, both in the number of relationships and the volume of transactions, right? So when you think about that and you think about the fact that really everybody's attempting to manage this as best they can, putting some kind of organization and focus on that area and the ability to leverage both downward and upward communication so that we know what's happening, and that we can report to our board as well what's happening. That's what we're talking about here and starting to really come to some sort of coagulation and approach. And certainly we don't really don't want to focus on centralized because that's not it. We want our businesses to remain nimble and quick and to leverage the advantage that third parties in this broad ecosystem can provide. However, we need to do so with some sort of cohesion and perspective that is consistent across our organization, Tom. 
Dan, the theme of this podcast is innovation and compliance, and innovation can come in many different ways. And what strikes me and frankly excites me so much about this concept is you have taken a concept that's almost as basic as brick and mortar and put much more rigor around it and given everyone involved in the entire ecosystem a way to think through not only what the problem is, but what the assessment of that problem would be, and then perhaps even how to manage it going forward in a very different way. Absolutely. So one of the things that we talk about many times with our marketplace and clients on various panels, board members, et cetera, is what is this concept and how do I get my arms around it? And we talk about this concept of creating a federated process and technology backbone. And you might say, well, gee, what what does that mean? And the idea is, is that, again, all parts of our organizations are using third parties, but many times we don't refer to them with the same vernacular. We will leverage different kinds of equations or ways to evaluate their performance. And if you can create some at least cohesion on what terminology do we use? How should we consider the risks of those third parties? What risks are important? How do we actually just measure and communicate with each other on the risks? And especially if we're using a third party in multiple parts of our organization, how might we communicate with each other on their performance in one department versus another? And creating that sense of extended enterprise knowledge is definitely valuable. And in order to do that, right, you have to innovate on multiple fronts not just technology innovation, which is absolutely a part of it, but also perhaps the business model that you're leveraging, perhaps a concept of leveraging an offshore or a managed service arrangement to consider third-party management. And there are all kinds of innovations happening in this space, which is very exciting for me, right? Because I think at the end of the day, our objective here is to make our organizations better, cheaper, and faster at doing what we do, driving bottom line improvement. And we can do that by leveraging these third parties in a more consistent and cohesive fashion as I'm describing. Dan, if I could turn to some of the specifics of the Insight Report now, I sort of grew up in the anti-corruption compliance world. So when we think of third parties and extended enterprise, it tends to be sales agents or third parties on the sales side. But I was wondering what types of extended risk did Deloitte identify in the recent survey? Yeah, absolutely. So there are a number of risks that organizations face. Those risks can be specific to the industry and or even that particular organizations, but there are definitely themes. You mentioned one that you grew up in anti-bribery, anti-corruption, and absolutely, especially for global organizations, foreign corrupt practices, laws and regulations around the ability to conduct business globally is one of the top risks that we see organizations focus on, but it's certainly not the only risk. The next highest on the list would be cyber. And the notion that there is information technology risk, there's risk of loss of personally identifiable information, personal health information, et cetera, depending upon your industry. And so cyber risk and cyber threats are absolutely near or at the top of the list for many organizations. What we see is there are about, depending upon how organizations measure, I've seen up to 70 risks on the risk register. I've seen as low as five. We usually see about, call it a baker's dozen risks that organizations are focused on. And again, when you think of risks, think of an enterprise risk management program is the risks that you're considering or focused on within your four walls. And think of extended enterprise risk management as applying those risk considerations beyond your four walls. 
into your extended ecosystem. And so again, about 12, 13 risk domains, other examples that you might see is business continuity risk. You would see other kinds of risks related to supply chain, quality of supply, availability of supply. If you do have a supply chain nature-based organization, you would see contract risk that would be a part of it. You might have environmental health and safety, other kinds of laws and regulation like modern slavery. So again, myriad of different risks that have been identified. But the idea is, is you're starting to embark us to identify those risks that are most important to you and to then you know, create some measure to efficiently understand those risks in that third-party ecosystem and how they might impact your organization. And what were some of the technologies respondents said they would invest in over the next 12 months to help or better manage these extended enterprise risks? Yeah, so technology definitely is going to be a primary way that organizations really manage and monitor these risks. There are a few concepts that we hear quite a bit in the technology innovation space, but just applied toward this notion of the extended enterprise. Examples would be the use of robotics and how might we be able to really automate some of the different monitoring activities that currently may be conducted by some individuals that could really leverage that robotic technology to take information from various sources and create different reports. So there are a number of different services that are available that create information, for example, on the cyber health of a particular organization or a particular website. You might have two or three different products that look at information that's being prepared by internet searches, both light and dark web. And you would use a robotics tool to actually identify areas that may be of risk, call it red, yellow, green from a risk profiling perspective, and then you know create a report that a management individual can look at that highlights the specific risks that actually your organization faces based upon the profiles that you define. So that is an example of the use of robotics to evaluate third-party activity. Another example would be the use of blockchain. And if you think of how we are all in this nested third-party environment. We have a way of exchanging risk information right now, which is very manual in nature, and it usually requires sending back and forth documents individually between organizations. And if you think about the use of blockchain and the fact that we're exchanging transactions in an ecosystem, many times those transactions move from one entity to another. We want them to move with integrity and controlled focus. And if we can start to put some of that information that I'm talking about here, and even some of those risk domains I was mentioning earlier, into a blockchain collaboration, it gives us the opportunity to much more efficiently understand the exchange of risk and control information across a timeline interaction, and then not have to recreate that each time for each member of that ecosystem. And so there are a number of experiments happening right now with that. It's really provocative, it's exciting, and it's going to, again, create that vision that we have of a better, cheaper, faster future for strengths-based business, using each other's strengths, leveraging an extended enterprise in an even more vigorous way to achieve better business results. So those are two technologies that we're seeing a lot of investment in right now. If I could turn now, Dan, to one of the key risks, I think, for 2019 and probably much beyond that, and that is cyber. 
Certainly, people understand the situation that Target found itself in and perhaps others where they had a data breach or at least a data security incident based upon a third party. But are there some other key risks in cyber that came up in your report around third parties? Yeah, absolutely. And it's worth noting if you look at the empirical data that of all cyber breaches, over a third are caused by third parties. So it's not even your organization. When there's a problem, it's a problem caused by you know someone within your extended enterprise. So it is very relevant. It is real. And it is also something that boards and executive teams are dealing with and trying to figure out how much free capital do we put in cyber? Because we've heard the concept, it's not if, but when. We know there will be challenges. We know there will be breaches. We have to be able to respond to those breaches. And so when you think of the ability of an organization to deal with cyber, some of what our research has told us is it's not just our third parties having good internal or information technology security controls. It's also their ability to be vigilant, to understand what's happening in their technology environment and to be aware in a more real-time basis. Statistics and research tells us again that the quicker you identify something that's going wrong that you don't want to happen, the less the impact will be. So that vigilant concept is important. Understand our third parties and do they know what's happening in their environments? Also, do we know what's happening with them specifically? Also, a notion of resiliency. Are those third parties capable of recovering when something negative does happen? And how are they going to be able to recover for me? So those are a couple of additional areas that specifically we want to make sure that we understand with our key third parties and they provide their their cyber reconnaissance, if you will, or their cyber footprint and understanding the risk that they may present to us. You know, in addition to that, really what you need to understand is two concepts related to cyber. Number one, do your third parties access your networks? And if they do, you got to make sure that you understand the controls and the nature of that. And number two, do those third parties have access to critical data? You know, one interesting note here that we've seen with a number of organizations, and we talk about third parties, everyone thinks of vendors. I want to make sure that when we use the term extended enterprise, we think broadly about all third party types, which would include those we buy things from, those organizations we sell things to, and quite frankly, anyone we have a relationship with. And the example that I'll leverage here is that many of our organizations will share information with research universities. And in some instances, there is no financial contract. There's no money exchange. It's just for research purposes. However, there have been breaches with information shared, and then an organization is harmed again with a relationship where they don't even have a financial vitality consideration. It's just a relationship where they're exchanging information, yet they were harmed. And so when we think of cyber I want you to think broadly as far as the ability to identify and recover from cyber. I want you to think about that broad ecosystem that we have and that cyber is interconnected. And then finally, when we define our extended enterprise and think about our cyber risk, we can't just think of vendors or traditional procurement-based relationships. We need to think broadly about, again, our entire ecosystem. So Dan, let me, we've been speaking, I think more, not just on a tactical level, because we've had some strategic concerns as well, but if I could even take a step a little bit further back to ask, how can a board of directors begin to think about their oversight responsibilities of an extended enterprise risk management system? Yeah, it's interesting you ask that. And quite frankly, 
from our report, our insights report, probably the most insightful and, and telling finding that we had. First of all, it is a board topic in priority virtually in every industry, but certainly you have industries that are leading the way. And because boards are interconnected in many cases across industry, you're starting to see the proliferation of this topic. And the conversation, in my experience, I've had this a number of times. One was with the transportation company. Another was with the health and life science company. Really starts with the conversation coming from the board to management saying, who are our third parties? And while that is a very simple question, many times it is not an easy answer. And many times management may not have that in their back pocket. And so in some of these board meetings that that we've had the opportunity to participate in, you know, multiple executives answer the CEO, the CFO, the internal auditor, and then the board would say, this is a good conversation for us to have. Please come back next time and inform us on who our third parties are. Subsequently, in those conversations, then when they come back, sometimes you actually see the board react. And I'll use a bit of a joke here, but the board sometimes will almost fall out of their chair and say, you got to be kidding me. I can't believe we have that many third parties. As a matter of fact, we've had some opportunity to work with a health and life science company, a large health plan, and they publicly disclosed on a panel that they have over a million third-party relationships. And, you know, the room was was flabbergasted. When you think about that, well, geez, how do we manage that? So the board then, by asking the simple question, who are our third parties, can create a lot of discussion. And then subsequently, what risks do those third parties present to us? And again, you know, coming up with what risks do we care about? What third parties are we going to focus on? And how are we going to consider and think about this as a management team and as a board team going forward is where we're seeing a lot of focus and attention put right now. A couple of things I'll mention too, this should be an 80-20 rule or maybe even a 90-10 rule in that you really need to focus on those third parties that have the potential largest risk impact. That doesn't mean materiality. When you think about some of the largest breaches or challenges or negative third-party incidents that we've had. Some of those have been smaller relationships, in certain cases, less than $100,000 of a relationship that caused millions or even billions of dollars of impact. So that being said, you have to take those risks. You need to do a risk assessment, evaluate and understand which third parties are important to you, and then work with your management, work with your board to figure out how you want to go about that. A final point that I'll make, and it's interesting, and we talk some about it in the report, the notion of third-party management goes beyond simply just the risks. There's a notion of financial risk and performance. Financial, are we gaining uh, the financial fortitude that we hope through this relationship? Risks we've talked really primarily on this podcast about, and then performance, quality, and timeliness of that third party. If done cohesively, we have seen a number of organizations actually drive two to 3% bottom line, i.e. net income or shareholder value based upon better third-party management. And again, back to the fundamental premise that we've got so many relationships that are very fragmented currently. If we provide some cohesion in that federated backbone I mentioned of technology and process, we can truly drive value, understand the risks better and have a much better ecosystem performing really like a symphony, if you will, all together to drive better results. 
Then, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but this has just been a fascinating exploration of, frankly, not even something that's hiding in plain sight, something that is in plain sight. And you guys have put some rigor around this. You put some definition around it, and you've put a way for people to think through or at least given us a framework to think through uh, multiple issues. So uh, kudos. I've been visiting with Dan Kinsella with Deloitte Risk and Financial Advisory, essentially on extended enterprise risk management. Dan, I thank you again. I greatly look forward to continuing the conversation with you. Yeah, really appreciate the time and enjoyed it and really look forward to collaborating with the entire marketplace and making this an area that we can use strengths-based business better, cheaper, faster to achieve all of our desired results. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.